Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to this little bonus episode that I have for you. I felt inspired after my episode with Somia Dave, the author of Well-Behaved Indian Women. We talked a little bit about the process of being a published author and I wanted to talk about my journey because so many of you have the dream of being an author to writing a book and I actually promised you guys I would do this podcast last year when I got the book deal but I wanted to wait. I wanted to go through the writing process. I wanted to experience it and then give a really detailed and honest experience of the good, the bad, the ugly of the process of being an author the traditional way and just my experiences and what I've learned from it. So first off, I want to say that if it's your dream to write a book, then I am so excited for you. It is such a deeply rewarding and humbling experience to be able to see your name on a book and it be your pride and joy of you putting forth your heart and your soul. In the episode with Somia Dave, we talk a little bit about redefining your definition of failure and getting very comfortable with rejection and so I just wanted to lead off with that because I know it's not for the faint of heart like if you just think that you're gonna snap your fingers and you're gonna get a book deal and maybe you're thinking about self-publishing whatever route that you take here's the reality is that if you're doing a traditional publishing it does take time it takes putting yourself out there it's gonna be uncomfortable it's a spiritual journey of self-development and personal growth above anything else and I think one of the things that I learned through COVID which was a big learning experience for me is taming your expectation of what is the success or how do you think that you're going to feel accomplished after you write a book because here's the reality of it my book launch happened right in the midst of the quarantine all my book signing events all my book tours my events in California in the New York New Jersey area all were canceled and so I really had to sit with what is my definition of success and what is it like what's the real purpose of why you're writing a book is it to 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 prove to other people is it to achieve fame is it to achieve recognition from others to feel like you've made it to do those public speaking like if you really want to be like me and you're like I really want to use this as a platform to speak we have to be very open and honest about those uh, definitions of maybe areas where we still need growth in our self-worth and self-love and recognizing we are enough as we are and owning and recognizing the joy and the growth in the journey of being a published author there is so much that we learn about ourselves that we can't deny that we don't want to avoid and look past in the event that you have these blinders I need to be a published author and I want to share that because I wish someone had told me that I think it was a beautiful lesson for me I had to redefine what success meant and what was my intention of writing the book and recognizing that 
I am fulfilling my purpose regardless of what it looks like to be a successful author and the way that we were authors and how we sold books before is very different now in COVID okay and I and it's not just for someone like me who's like a smaller like just an entry-level author I was listening to Dr. Shafali Sabari who's launching one of her books in September and she was talking about this very thing of like her definition of being an international speaker and how that's all shifted. How like the whole big well-planned out marketing plan of how we used to sell books and the, the fame and notoriety that usually came with it. How is that all changing and shifting? So get really clear about your purpose of writing your book whether it's a children's book or a novel or a non-fiction book get really clear about that so let's talk about the the technicalities of writing a book so first off I've been writing a book for the last two and a half years many of you guys know I've shared this before that the book that I've been writing was not the one that got published like I knew I always wanted to do a meditation for kids book but I always thought that would come later in my career however the universe had another plan and so I still have the book proposal for this book that I still have um, the dreams of writing but I do have experience of what it takes to write a book proposal trying to find an agent pitching it out pitching out query letters so even though my book deal for this book came out in a very unique and divinely inspired way I share I want to share that with you so I did research self-publishing versus traditional publishing and there's so many resources out there and again I don't think there's one that's better than the other one thing that I learned about my journey is that especially with children's book how much creative ownership do you want to retain and I think a lot of people with children's book want to retain a lot of creativity because they have a vision that they want to create so be very mindful that with traditional publishing, it can take a long time to get a deal, but also you're you're getting paid by a publisher. So they might have their vision and nine times out of 10, there is gonna be some change to your original vision. So with children's book and some other, other types of books, there's hybrid publishing, there's self-publishing so that you can certainly look into. I didn't go the self-publishing route, so I don't have tons and tons of knowledge, but I know that you know, Hay House, for example, has like self-publishing um, components like Balboa Press is a sector of self-publishing within a greater um, traditional publishing um, company. Depending on what type of book that you're planning to write, um, that's really important to be aware of. And I wish I knew that ahead of time. Um, I really do. And I'll share a little bit why. So there's also hybrid publishing where it's self-publishing, but there's a company that also helps you with marketing and, you know, getting your book placed in Amazon. I think that's so helpful. Uh, you know, I don't know if those publishers do help with getting it on Barnes and Nobles or Target or other sites. If you can, I think that's so incredible. But I think for the very minimum, they will get you on Amazon. And one place that you can look, I heard a podcast interview with Angela Engel on That's Total Mom Sense with Ganika Chada Gupta. And she's the owner of the Collective Book Studio. Um, I'll put the link to her her website that was very interesting because they do a hybrid publishing and so you have a team that will help you with marketing and getting your book out there but it's still 
the creative control that self-publishing uh, books offer you. So I would definitely um, take a look at that. Their website is thecollectivebook.studio. So uh, that's one option. Then there is a traditional publishing option. And so what I did was first you have to write a proposal. It's kind of like a business plan. So for a nonfiction book, and I'm speaking from nonfiction books because that's what I write. And I know that for novels, it could be very well different or memoirs, it could be different. I think memoirs is a little bit similar than nonfiction. So if you're looking for a novel, I don't have much experience on that. You would definitely have to research, but there's so many good blogs and just Google searches, you'll find information on that. So for me, I wanted to do traditional publishing. And I decided that, okay, I'm going to write a proposal. And so I went on a site called Readsy, R-E-E-D-S-Y.com. And they have a lot of different editors and agents, not a lot of agents, I should say, but different people based on what phase of the book launch process that you're in the beginnings or even if you need marketing help there's different experts that do freelancing that can help you even on fervor um, you can find people to help you write your proposal i certainly recommend if you can get some help like pay an editor to help you that can take some weight off you but there's a lot it's like a business plan like you have to like for nonfiction, you got to show that you have a platform like what speaking engagements you've been on and different books that maybe you've written or courses all these different things and I actually because I love taking online courses when you know specifically geared to something Jane Friedman um she is a former I believe she's a formal editor or agent and she has a site and she has tons of resources I actually took a course on writing book proposals very much recommend it she breaks it down uh section by section and so I wrote a draft of a proposal then I got help from an editor to edit it up so I didn't have a editor completely write it from scratch and then um I did that and I had a proposal ready and that was for my book that not this book but it was a different book that I still will publish one day and so I started sending it out so the next step at that point is that you want to find agents that represent books that are similar to your genre and start sending it out and a lot of them you can't pitch publishers uh, unless an agent does it there are some independent publishers where if you go on their site they will allow open submissions from writers not a lot of them but you can certainly find some you can do a google search on that and you can you know find some of those independent publishing houses that do that but traditionally you will find agents that will then pitch your book now what I was told by an editor that helped me write my book proposal is that get a subscription to publishers marketplace first before you do the and you should do the paid it's like 20 bucks or something a month but do it for a short period of time you don't have to have it for a really long period of time like when you're gonna do like a really thorough search of when you're looking for agents that's when you purchase it so the goal there is that you find every sort of book that is similar to your genre that are new right like not like 10 year olds old books but like you're gonna find like competitive books or like really similar topics in the last like five five years and then you're going to look up on publishers marketplace who represented those books and they have tons of different search engines like who public who published the book who was the agent for the book 
that's going to be your guide and create an Excel spreadsheet of all those different agents because you're going to know that they're interested in books that are similar to what you have to offer because they've represented those books, type of books before. So for example, for me, I will look up something like mindfulness or parenting related or meditation for kids, that sort of genre, someone who's into self-help development types of books, parenting books, and you'll kind of get an idea. You can do a research and kind of see like what um, agency they work for and if they're currently accepting submissions. If they're not, you can kind of get an idea of that. But don't look at super, super old books. You can, but sometimes agents move to different um, companies and or sometimes they switch the type of books that they're looking for. So it's, it takes some about take some research and it really behooves you to do that because when you're going to write a query letter, that is um, a letter that goes with your proposal. Many of this is like you're not really mailing anymore. You're sending it by email or they have their own applications that you're filling out that you're sending and submitting, they get tons and tons and tons of, uh, you know, submissions so sometimes you hear back from them sometimes you don't sometimes they give you a blanket no sometimes they give you a little bit they give you a no but there's a little bit more detailed of a no and like I said in the beginning you have to get very comfortable with rejection because I look at it I, I started looking at it like you know that's not failure when someone says no it's failure if you give up at something that you really really want so when someone says no I would look at it as that's a no, not yet, not now. That's not the person. And I've shared this before, right? Like it's, you know, you're asking the question to the wrong person. That's what Chris Jenner says. That's not your person. That's not your agent. But there's so many other ones. And I always would be so grateful for the agents who would give me feedback. Like this could work or this is, you know, this is kind of outplayed or maybe use this angle. That showed to me that there was potential there. I just needed to harness and cultivate it. You really, really start developing so much self-worth for yourself that no amount of no's or what other people think about your creative work really starts, like it doesn't, tarnish your view of yourself or your creative work and if you struggle with rejection there's an episode with actress Melanie Chandra I highly recommend you listen to that press the reset button on rejection we talk a lot about rejection and how to overcome it and as an actress right you hear no all the time and so how do you not let it like completely defeat and debilitate you and like get you heartbroken when you hear no's and I'll be honest the first no that I got like I thought it was like you know I thought oh this is going to be it and like the negative feedback that I got or constructive criticism that I got. I was like heartbroken. And I was like, oh my gosh, this sucks. Like, But it tames, I had a perfectionist mentality and it was taming it and it was helping me learn from it. I really look at it as a spiritual practice. Anytime you want something and you're working at it, you're being disciplined, you're being patient, you're, you're putting in the time, you're putting the creative effort, their alignment. This is a long, you know, it's a long haul. And, you know, Somia Dave also said in her podcast together that it took her eight years, right? And that it's sometimes it does take that long depending on what, you know, what it is. 
So I think it's like really important to get yourself out there and set the intention with the universe. Like I'm going to do this. And I really made it like a full-time job. I was writing my book while I was pitching it out. I was continuously writing it. And now in retrospect, it's like letting the universe know that you mean business. And that means you have to carve out time for it. Like just like any other part-time job, like you have to make time to write if it's something that's important to you. No excuses are available and so I and I share that because that's advice that I need to hear because I have a second book that I actually have two other books that I want to write and I'm like which one do I want to write next which one I want to focus my energy on next and I haven't got the clarity yet and I have to start reminding myself that's why I'm like you have to sit down and start writing again you know because it's not going to happen unless you sit and write you can't just say like I want to be a writer I want to be a writer and not write like that it's just not going to work right it's not going to have like life is not going to give you the perfect amount of time perfect pocket of time with no distractions to let it happen you have to carve it out yourself and so for me I would write um take time in the morning I would wake up really really early certain mornings right at night sometimes whenever I had creative flow and impulses I would write and so the that's really important like if you want to be a writer you got to write a book (laughs) But I, I wouldn't, I would suggest like, especially like I know this for nonfiction um, and even like for children's book, cause I want to write another, I want to write a children's book. You do have to have a full book done um, and have illustrations so that a agent can see, but that's not the case with a nonfiction book. You only had to have a couple chapters so that they can get a good feel of your writing style and what you want. So I actually behoove you like you don't have to write a full book before you write a proposal and start pitching it out because um, most traditional publishers will give you somewhat of an advance so that in a timeline to finish up the book if they like what they see and they might even give you some like their editor might give you some guidance um, but you do have to have an outline and a relative like um, chapters like what you want to have in like an outline of what you want to put in there so it's good to have the big picture but you don't have to write every single chapter uh, I found that while I was pitching I did like to get in the flow of writing um, the chapters because it made me feel in the flow and I think that this book deal with the meditation for kids book happened right in this time when I was doing that because I was letting the universe know I'm ready to receive and be an author and it's it showed up in a different way but those opportunities when they show up is us being open right I could have very well closed the door and be like "Mm, I'm not gonna open this email or this looks you know like this is too good to be true and not follow through or this is not my journey I didn't want to write a meditation for kids book first you can make so many slews of like how the plan should look according to you however just stay open and be receptive and just take overt action because that's what let signals the universe that you're ready for this that's really, really important. I know that might feel woo-woo, but it's really an important part of the process. So another great tip about finding agents. So going on Twitter, and there are certain hashtags you can research. One that was really, really helpful is hashtag MSWL. Agents will share their manuscript wish list. So that is the most relevant. Who are new agents? What are they looking for? So I had done that search when I first reached out to someone for my previous book and they were looking for something mindfulness for parenting related and they were the ones who were able to offer me the most 
feedback because they were looking for books in that genre. Some other hashtags are hashtag ask agent. Agents will host impromptu Q&A sessions, um, hashtag query tip, tips on writing query letters, uh, hashtag write tip, various writing tips from agents, editors, and um, others, and hashtag pub tip, helpful if you're considering self-publishing. So those are some hashtags, but I think hashtag MSWL is probably the most lucrative one to, to search because you'll see what agents are looking for. So then once you have your list of agents, then you pitch them and everyone has a different requirement. Um, you know, the time period of finding an agent is variable for everyone um, and you get feedback, you shift, you change, um, you make adjustments to the proposal, you change away and you know, it's it's a growing and ever, ever growing process. Um, I wanted to share a little bit how I got my book deal because for someone like me who has a specific um, expertise in something and who's kind of a visionary who wants to plant the seed in a new way of thinking and being, um, you know, meditation for kids, teaching it in a way that's playful for kids and engaging for parents and children, making family meditation a thing and putting it on the radar is a new, um, it's a new way of being in our modern parenting. And so what happened for me was that a publisher was has a re- had a research team that was looking for experts in specifically what I was doing. And they found me through Instagram. And so, so many people would say like, what are you doing on Instagram? Putting out free content. Like, does it really get you money? Like give you money? Like what's it for? It's a blog, it's a hobby. And I had so many naysayers, mainly in my family. I ain't gonna lie. Like my friends, a lot of my friends were supportive. It's always the people who are closest to you who are the biggest naysayers. But I felt really committed to putting out content that it felt inspiring to me. I, I It was so driven. And I share that because so many of my friends that I've met through Instagram who also have platforms, who have this vision of you know, putting forth their vision and their idea and they have a strong purpose, but they're like, I don't like, I don't have a big following or I don't know where this is going to go or how this is going to translate or when this is going to happen for me. Here's the thing. Like it is all about showing up authentically because you never know who is going to be finding you. Like that's the nature of social media. You don't know who's going to find your content, who's going to share what, what's going to go viral, what's going to inspire someone, what's going to show up in someone's feed. And that's what happened. Like I, I want to just emphasize, keep showing up, keep posting, keep doing what feels aligned to you, whether it's vlogs or whether it's Instagram reels or whatever, it's stories or posts or whatever inspires you keep doing it because not only are you going to be touching lives every single day because you're inspired and you're showing up authentically and you're being a messenger of the divine but you never know when those opportunities and those those buds are going to come to fruition and bloom so there was someone you know a publishing team found me um and they interviewed like we want to write a book about meditation for kids there is this growing need for it and there is this publisher was um delving into the self-help books for children which was an untapped market and there it was I was an expert that fit that mold and there's not a lot who teach children between the ages of four or eight and so it was 
all my years of culmination, those 10 years of teaching children, going to classrooms, teaching at colleges and educating teachers and doing online courses, all of that combined to be where I'm in that moment that I had the confidence, I had the expertise, I was ready, I was doing overt acts that I was ready and I was telling the universe I'm ready to be an author, I did the work and now it showed up for me and I think that all played and I want to just give that totalitarian, that image of wow she just got a book deal and it just fell in her lap. No there was a lot that came into it, there was a lot of questioning myself, there was a lot of naysayer, there was a lot of waking up early and writing and believing in myself and having a vision and really cultivating something. So it does take all of that, that personal work that other people will never see or know or understand that is necessary to make the dream come true. And I think it's mainly a personal journey. And then your book is out there and then you see the fruits. Like for me, my heart just it just soars and I just feel so humbled like the the messages I get like thank you for writing this book and just seeing how many of you parents are putting these seeds into your children's life like it just I, my life is like I think there's nothing been that's been so remarkably moving for me that's what I want you to walk away from like what is it that you want to put your mark in the world of that little stamp so that whoever it's meant to touch through your book is going to get touched and really Always stay connected to that because that's what's going to guide you through the rejection, through the failure, through the uncertainty, through the no's, through the journey of the publishing process, everything. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about my experience with publishing. And one of the things is that, you know, I didn't realize, I think one of my challenging things is that, you know, I wrote a book, but like the publisher sometimes if you're writing especially a children's book, will have illustrators that they work with. So the illustrator that I picked was not necessarily my first choice. Um, a lot of the visions that I had for the images did not get translated. Um, and that was very frustrating for me because I had, I'm a very particular person and I wanted a specific vision put out. And so that to me was a learning experience too, that it's may not be perfect according to your eyes, but at least the message is out there and being really clear with that. And so just be very aware that when you have a publisher, when you do traditional publishing, you are going to have other people's opinions and they may outvote you, right? Even though you're the writer and you're the author. And so that's a learning process in itself too. And so that's why I always say is that if you're really, really committed to not releasing any of your creative control, self-publishing, even though you have to make an investment yourself and you're not necessarily getting paid for the book, um, that's really important. Like if that's really important for you, just know that. I know a lot of people have created their own publishing house, like uh, Modern Marigold and um, a colleague of mine, Rebecca Berkey. Um, she has like the the Zara series um she had a specific character that she wanted so they created their own um publishing and um you know a friend of another friend of mine Kate Butler who's an author also you know self-published but they published and printed it themselves I don't really know what's entailed with that I actually have never looked into that that's never been on my radar to like get into the self-publishing um aspect of it I would just prefer that somebody else take care of it um and for my traditional publisher they took care of posting and putting the book on Amazon Barnes and Nobles um 
uh, Target, IndieBound, like they took care of all that. I didn't have to worry about it. You work with a marketing team that helps you somewhat um, with marketing the book. And I had my own PR agent. So each publisher is different. I didn't work with a huge publisher. Um, so, you know, the budget was a little bit smaller for like um, PR stuff and things like that. But that's that's typically how it works. And um, you have someone that's always helping you, um, you know, throughout the whole process. And of course, you don't really have much leeway or say in pricing of the book. And a lot of times Amazon does, you know, um, re price reductions. I don't know the rhyme and reason of when they do it, but they're responsible for it. So, you know, I don't really have any, you know, ability to change that or do bulk pricing and things like that. So that's another thing with traditional uh, publishing you should keep in, in mind. But I really hope this serves you well. I just wanted to share one person's journey. Your journey to being an author is going to be unique to you. But I just wanted to give you hope and give you that resilience and that determination that if this is something you truly, truly want, failure is not hearing no. And like I said before, failure is giving up on something that you truly want. You're going to regret it if you don't give it your all. And there's so many options nowadays from hybrid to traditional to self-publishing to independent publishing. And Find something that works for you, but get your voice, your words, your purpose out there in the world because no one can bring it forth the way that you can. So if you have something to say, definitely say it. Thank you so much. And if you have any questions, you can certainly email me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com and I'd be happy to help if I can. Have a beautiful day, guys. Bye. If you've been loving the Time and Talks podcast and you find value from it, I would be so eternally grateful if you take a moment of your time to leave a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. And when you do, I love to gift you my seven-day stress detox course. All you got to do is screenshot your review before you submit it. Email it to me at thejal at thejalvpatel.com. And when you do, I'll inbox you the details of the course. This course has my go-to tool anytime I feel impatient, angry, frustrated, and I come to them almost every single day. And I promise these are the tools that you're going to want to have in your back pocket too. And if you haven't purchased the Meditation for Kids book, definitely do so now. You can purchase it anywhere you buy books, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Target, IndieBound, BAM, and you can go to meditationforkidsbook.com to get more information on the Meditation for Kids Masterclass course. If you're a complete beginner and learning how to teach meditation to your kids, this is the step-by-step -step roadmap that's going to teach you how to teach your kids meditation without having to become a certified meditation expert. Thank you so much, guys. Bye.